0: Everybody, this is the Chocolate News Podcast, and today's show is sponsored by Interact for Health. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese.
1: And I'm your co-host, Morgan Angelique Owens.
0: And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. We have a special guest with us today. We have sports analyst and sports journalist, Charles Farmer. How's it going, Charles? great how are you i'm doing fantastic so before we jump into the main topic of the week let's discuss some chocolate news tom's brady retirement lasted 40 days brady said this past sunday he's returning to the tampa bay buccaneers for his 23rd nfl season the seven-time super bowl champion announced his decision on twitter and instagram saying he has unfinished business the news stole spotlight from the ncaa selection sunday Brady led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl title following the 2020 season and NFC South Championship last season. He teamed with coach Bill Belichick to win six Super Bowls during 20 seasons with the New York Patriots. The 44-year-old Brady led the NFL in yards passing, touchdowns, completions, and attempts in 2021, but the Buccaneers lost at home to the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round. And on to our next topic, the former owner of the Cameo nightclub, which was the scene of a deadly shooting in 2017, was sentenced in federal court this past Friday. Julian Rogers, 45, of Cincinnati, previously pleaded guilty in June 2021 to federal tax and gun charges. The judge sentenced Rogers to three years on probation for both charges. In the sentencing memo, Rogers' attorney, Richard Goldberg, said the deadly shooting five years ago at Cameo, which closed immediately after, and the negative publicity around the shooting drove Rogers to gamble. Cameo was Rogers' primary source of income and employment before it closed. Goldberg asked for leniency in the sentencing memo for Rogers based off his business history and his philanthropy. The sentencing memo included several examples of his charity including in may 2019 when he helped people in dayton who were affected by a tornado he gave residents water and other goods goldberg cites other examples of rogers charity including his involvement with soul brothers where he mentors young adults and donates shoes he also motivates high school students in the program through don community school and the final piece of chocolate news this week For only the second time in team history, the Cincinnati Reds will start their season on the road. The Reds released their 2022 schedule this past Thursday after players and owners agreed to a new labor deal that ends a 99-day lockout. Cincinnati will play the Braves in Atlanta on opening day, April 7th, to start a four-game series. The Reds' first home game will be against the Cleveland Guardians April 12th. However, some fans are calling for a boy count for the Reds due to the team training key players, which included Tucker Barnhart, Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, Jesse Winker, and Eugenio Suarez. Hashtag Sell the Team Bob was trending most of Monday night, and not just in Cincinnati, but across the country, with fans calling on Bob Castellini to sell the team. So, that's it for the Chocolate News this week. So, let's jump into the main topic of the week, which is, obviously, March Madness, 2022. It's so good to see March Madness again. So can you delve into um, this March Madness? What are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, well, the thing about it early on, I think, is the fact that it's so, there's been so much parity in college basketball. So I think it's going to make for a great tournament. Uh, even when you look at the standings and the rankings, uh, there has not been one particular team that has stood out. You might say, well, yeah, well, Gonzaga is number one. But, you know, Gonzaga early one uh, took their lumps and they lost a couple games. So it's been back and forth. So with that being said, um, I think it's going to make for a great tournament because a lot of parity, as I mentioned. And I think there's a lot of good teams ready to uh, find out who's going to be the national champion.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think what's especially exciting this year is because obviously, you know, because of COVID and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think, I believe last year they had the tournament, but there couldn't be any spectators at the any of the games. Am I correct?
2: Yes, you're correct on that. Uh, the only spectators they might have had, it might have been uh, some staff or maybe a few close friends, but it was not as large and monumental as they're accustomed to. So, yeah, it's, it was a little off last year, playing in front of sparse uh, crowds. But uh, believe you me, uh, you don't have to worry about this year. They're back.
0: Yeah, that's... uh. That's fantastic because, you know, it's like, you know, I know we're watching like all the tournament games at home and everything, but it's just something about having the crowd in the stands that really adds to the ambience. It's definitely something that's greatly needed. I'm glad it's coming back this year.
2: Yeah, it's big time. Uh, There's nothing like there's some major uh, schools Uh, that receive uh, support from their fans and the fans will travel all across the country to see uh, the the kids participate. I call them kids or young men and young women, but uh, it's really a great time. And it's something that an event that a lot of people, even though they may not be the biggest fans of sports, it's something that a number of people like to be uh, connected with uh, in regards to March Madness.
0: Now, I want to ask you, what were some of the teams that you were surprised didn't make it into this year?
2: Uh, probably off the top of my head, there's a couple. Uh, one, I was surprised that Xavier didn't make it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was heartbreaking
2: right there. Yeah, I am surprised Xavier didn't make it. And I was a little surprised the University of Dayton didn't make it. And I know I'm from Dayton, but that has nothing to do with it. It's the way that they played and Xavier the same way. I was surprised that uh, Notre Dame received so much support and so much love. I thought that uh, Xavier and Dayton both had, uh, had done better uh, in regards to the season. They had more impressive wins over the season, and either one of those teams could have went into that slot. Um, I think the reason why Dayton didn't make it is there was another – I can't think of the team off the top of my head. There was a team that won a conference tournament championship, and they were not, they were not a high seed. And But if they had lost and the, the conference champion had won, I think that slot was scheduled to go to Dayton. And I think that's why hmm. they took Dayton off the off the line, if you will.
0: But to talk a little bit more about Xavier, I just heard that the head basketball coach parted ways with Xavier. I mean, I was surprised about that. I mean, was that surprising with you?
2: Yeah, I guess my question, when you mentioned that, uh, did he go somewhere else or they just let him go? Uh, well, you
0: know, according to the article I'm reading, he just said Xavier University parted ways. With head coach Travis Steele, and they announced, and they actually announced that today. Um, And he was
2: under contract until the 2024 season. Yeah, that is surprising uh, from the standpoint of uh, what they're doing. Uh, What is ironic about that is you mentioned too that uh, you think about Chris Mack leaving Louisville being parting ways with them, right? Right. And then as Xavier previously. So I'm not sure if they're looking for something a little bit more uh, uh, on the higher end as far as more wins but uh, maybe that's it. And we, if you know, Xavier basketball, you've known that Xavier basketball has done some great things over the years. You go back to the Thad Thad Mata era to so many other people where Xavier has normally been a, a tournament team. You go back to the Tyrone Hill days and all that, you know, you go way back to Xavier basketball has been known for playing great basketball. So maybe they just wanted to make sure that, uh, they move in and bring in new leadership that ensures that they are back in the tournament on a regular basis.
0: Do you have any ideas of like who might get to the final four this year or who might even
2: win the big dance this year? Man, that's a crazy question, but (laughs) it's okay. That's what you you brought me here for, right?
0: I mean, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I know you're the big sports analyst and sports journalist. I'm just like, I just want your humble opinion. I know it's impossible because there's like, what, like 64 teams in the running? Yeah, the
2: 60, yeah 68 starting yesterday, but yeah, 64, 64. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. Just care well, no. to a shot in the dark and just see, like, who do you think might prevail?
2: Yeah, let's. Just, I mean, we'll, we'll do it, though. It's no problem. Um, okay. we, we'll go region by region. First, you look over at the West, uh, the number one seed is Gonzaga. Right. It's right. uh, right. been doing real well our year. I think they only lost two games. They lost to Duke early on in the year and then they lost to a team in their conference, which is kind of unheard of. St. Mary's. Mm. Um, the only other teams that in there, Duke, that uh, is the number two seed in that area. We're not sure how well Duke is going to play. Uh, this is Coach K's last season. Uh, right, right. So they yeah, can make, a run too. yeah, it can make a run too. Arkansas is over there who could be surprising. Another team I like in that area is Texas Tech. Uh, mm. Texas Tech, they don't, they're, they're, they, they don't have any stars, if you will, but they play the loaded schedule. They play everybody. And they play in the Big Twelve, so they can make a lot of noise. They're the number three seed in that area. But if I had to look at it, I'm looking at down to the Sweet Sixteen. I still think Gonzaga. Uh, They they might match up again with Duke, but I would even pick Texas Tech to beat Duke. But I think Gonzaga out the West, probably, unless something crazy happens, I would see Gonzaga going to the final four out of the West. And then we'll go over to drop down to the uh, East real quick. The East, the number one seed is Baylor. Baylor is a national champion from last year. So uh, they unexpectedly upset Gonzaga. Uh, North Carolina is in that area. Uh, Also, Kentucky is the number two seed in that in that uh, region, uh, with Purdue being the number three seed, two, three, two teams that really could cause havoc there. UCLA's number four. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA is very talented. They may have not played the same level they had before, but uh, I think Kentucky's gonna surprise some people. I think, really? they can, yeah, well, I think that Coach Calipari, they, they've been working their way up to this moment. And now they're gonna to be tournament ready and they're ready to show people how good they really are. I would love to see uh in the third round if they make it Kentucky versus Purdue, because they're very similar teams. But right. I think Kentucky's very talented and Purdue at times they're to play the best uh defense, and then Baylor UCLA would be a good game too. But I think Baylor played real well and won a national championship, but it's one of them things where when you're, when you're full, you're not hungry as you, like you used to be, right? So I can see either UCLA or the Kentucky-Purdue winner winning that, winning coming out of the East. So I'm thinking Kentucky, uh, Purdue, or UCLA, but not Baylor coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching over to the Midwest real quick, number one seed is Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two seed is Auburn, who's played real well. But uh, I was there pretty good, Providence as well. Uh, I would go with, top of my head, I think Kansas is going to probably make it to the final four.
0: Kansas, okay. That's
2: out of the Midwest, and then out of the South, Arizona's the number one seed. Villanova's there, number two seed. Number three seed, I think, is Tennessee. I think Arizona makes it to the Sweet 16. I think the winner of Tennessee, Villanova, uh, if it's Villanova, Villanova has a shot of beating Arizona. If it's Tennessee, I think Arizona makes it. So there you go. So I said Gonzaga, the winner of Kentucky, uh, Purdue maybe, and uh, Kansas, and maybe uh, Arizona Final Four. Gotcha, gotcha. Have you filled out your bracket yet? I'm in the process. I have one one toe in, one toe out. But uh, (laughs) there are a couple games that are making me uh, hedge my bet. Yeah. But – I mean, like, for instance, there's a game that a lot of people are talking about in the Midwest. It is the – actually, I take that back in the South. The 17 game with Ohio State versus Loyola Chicago.
0: Right, right. A
2: lot of people think Loyola Chicago is going to win. Really? Because Ohio State has lost four of their last five games. Okay. But uh, the thing about that is Ohio State, they do – they don't do well against teams that are more physical than them, bigger than they are, but I think – Loyola Chicago is just the opposite. And I think that uh, E.J. Liddell, who's the star for Ohio State, had a bitter taste in his life when they lost in the first round to Oral Roberts. And he's going to do everything he can not to lose that game. So I see Ohio State advancing. So there are different things like that. Like Michigan is the 11th seed. They only won 17 games, but they're very talented. And uh, because of Jawan Howard as a coach, there are a lot of things to look at. So there's a lot of little small things people are looking at. Teams like LSU losing their coach, getting fired before the end of the year, but they still end up, about, end up about as a number six seed. So it's a lot of uh, intangibles that people are going to be looking at, trying to figure it out. And some of it's luck. Some people just never know. Some teams have bad games. They don't recover. But then again, you, you can't go that far. You never. There's so many questions to be answered. That's why we love it, because no one knows. You got to play the game.
0: So do you have any uh, other thoughts on this year's March Madness?
2: Yeah, uh, just in general, like I said, I think people should watch. I think it'll be amazing. Uh, I think this is why these uh, young people have been wanting to play for, for a while now. And now that the crowd, crowds are back, uh, you should watch for teams. If you're going to do some picking on the brackets, watch for teams that have good guard play, play defense, and also have been there for a while. Good coaches go a long way. And don't let your heart always get get in the way because sometimes, you know, you like your favorite team thinking they're gonna go all the way. If you're in a bracket or whatever, we're not advocating gambling though. But if you do do that, be careful and pay close attention to certain things because what you see is sometimes fool's gold and, and pay attention. If you see something and it makes sense, go for it. But more than anything, have fun with it. That's what it's all about. Have fun. This is about to be a good time for everybody enjoying the games and uh. Enjoying yourself. That's what it's all about, because Lord knows we've been through a lot the last couple of years, this world in general. So why not take some time and have some fun?
0: Now, one other thing I want to ask you is, um, do you think women's uh, March Madness basketball, do you think that will ever catch on as much as the men's basketball?
2: Wow, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm not sure if the women's basketball uh, March Madness will catch on like the men's. It's just because the men, uh, March Madness, receives a lot more hype, right, right, right? A lot more coverage. It doesn't mean that the women's final four in the women's uh, basketball tournament is not as just as grand. Uh, we had a final four in Columbus, and I actually attended, and it was amazing just watching the hype. The crowds are just as lively, if not more lively. Uh, but I think because of the exposure, unfortunately, I mean, we try. I think we always try to compare apples and oranges because we want equal pay and equal things like that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we just have to kind of look at things for what they are. And yeah. oftentimes the fans dictate how things are going, but it does not mean that uh, there's anything less uh, important or less valuable than the women's tournament. Actually, it just is exciting or more exciting because they play below the rim, they shoot the ball, and uh, if you think the fellas are intense, <laughs> ladies, oh, my God. Ooh. They, they, man, they are more intense. They will run through walls. I mean, they're, they're just really about their business. That's it. Right. Some of the guys aren't, but the ladies take no prisoners, particularly when you look at teams like South Carolina and Don Staley, who's been all-world, a Hall of Famer and everything, too. Uh, from that standpoint, she has a dynamite team uh, with a player by the name of Aliyah, uh, Aliyah Boston, 6'5", SEC player of the year. Uh, teams like Stanford, they're the defending national champions. They brought back four starters uh, from their national championship team from last year. They're playing real well. Of course, Louisville is, is, is always trying to be around there. Kentucky's playing real well. Uh, Kyra Elsie is the head coach down there. Indiana, North Carolina State. UConn's always around. They just got uh, Paige Burkers back from uh, missing about 19 games during the season. Um, Iowa, Arizona, Georgia. Texas, uh, Baylor, uh, making things happen, even though coaches jump over to LSU. LSU as well. Maryland, uh, Michigan, Oregon, uh, I think I said Texas. So there's a number of great teams. It's worthwhile watching, turning on the tube. Give the ladies some love because they come in, they play hard. Like I said, you got. we have also a number of talented African-Americans and people of color that are the head coaches of these teams. That's something that's uh, missed out on. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of uh, women uh, are head coaches of these uh, Division One schools, and they really are. A comp- they really prepare hard, and they show you that they're really, they're really capable of. So, if you want to look at something outside the box, or something that that wants you want to wants to speak to you, think about that. Start looking around at the at the tournament and seeing the different head coaches of color. To say, "Wow, I did not know that." I always paid attention to maybe the men's tournament, but you'll definitely see more a lot more phases of color uh, on the women's uh, circuit.
0: Well, that's all I got. Thank you, Charles, for coming on and telling us all about this uh, great NCAA tournament uh, knowledge. And uh, if you want to watch all the uh, March Madness games, they're on TBS, TNT, True TV, and CBS. Just check your local listings for a schedule of all the games. And once again, I want to say I appreciate you coming on, sharing all this college basketball knowledge.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. Continued success and uh, we always stay close because we appreciate uh, our uh, African-American publications and and the other brethren that are putting major work in black journalism. It's a great thing and and definitely much needed like it was back in the day, New Negro League Baseball is needed as well today.
0: So now we'll switch it over to Morgan Angelique Owens where she will align us with some beauty, lifestyle and culture. So take it away, Morgan.
1: All right. Thank you, John. So I have a wonderful guest this week for Harold Beauty. I've known her for a while now, back since corporate days. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and her business. Hey, girl. Hey, Morgan. Thank you for joining us on our Chocolate News podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me today. Yeah, so do you want to tell the audience your name and what your business is? Yes,
3: so I'm Felicia Everidge and I am the owner of Barely Blush. We are a vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, luxury nail care brand. Um, We specialize in all things nail polish, um, cuticle oil, press-on nails, you name it, we have it. Love it. So what what made you want to start
1: a nail polish business?
3: I think just growing up in the 90s and seeing my mom go to the the nail salon and get her hair done. The 90s was a very big era for women, but particularly African-American women in finding their beauty care regimen. So just seeing her go to the salon, get her nails done, and just that extra pep and step that it gave her. um, And it gave her, you know, A different way to think it gave her a new attitude and I was just so mesmerized by the bright colors and just how they looked and how they felt afterwards and I just wanted that energy to spill over into women nowadays so that's what really inspired me was just growing up in the 90s and just seeing how um, the you know the beauty industry has you know grown from then to where it is now
1: No, I love that. I love that so much. So, you know, especially during the pandemic, I know people were looking for other um, options because, you know, nail salon shut down. So so what, you know, how was your business affected through the pandemic? Yeah, well, what's funny
3: is Um, Before, I'm actually a licensed nail tech, so I actually did uh, pop-up businesses where I would go to people's homes and do their nails or host parties, and I always wanted to do nail polish or start, start, like, a product line, but I actually was just too scared to take the risk, and when the pandemic hit, of course, everything shut down, so I'm like, well, I can't go to people's homes. I really can't do that. It's not safe right now, so I thought, like, I I actually loved doing my nails as a child, and I said, well, you know what? people should be doing their nails at home anyways, going back to the basics, right, and so I said, let me just take the risk, let me start my own nail polish brand, you know, what do people want, right, they should still be taking care of their nails and their toes, so that was a way for me to break into something that wasn't already there, Um, so that's what really steered me um, to creating the nail polish brand itself, um, the extension of our product launch.
1: I love it. And let us know about these press on nails, too, because, you know, people are definitely pressing, getting the press on nail. I remember I, oh, Lord, I remember I used to rock press on nails because my dad would not let me wear nail polish or get my ears pierced or makeup till I was 16. So I used to rock the press ons before I was 16. So talk about how press ons are making like a comeback.
3: Yeah, well, these press ones are not the same press ones that are in stores, right? Like from when we were, you know, children. Um, these persons are way advanced. Um, So we actually sell two different options. So with me being a licensed nail tech, of course, I'm a creative at heart. So I love to curate. I love to give people different experiences, and I love seeing different ideas. And then I come back and I, of course, um, draw those different designs on nails. Um, So I actually make custom sets for people. Um, So we actually have those options too, and there's all different types of shapes um, from coffin to um, stiletto, natural round and square. So uh, we can do, you know, gel nails. So they're just as durable as your acrylic. Um, and then we also curated a special line of Barely Blush nails that we put out periodically. Um, you know, different styles that are like marble effects, you know, from your traditional um what is it called when people get the, the French tip? Of course, classic French tip. So these nails are durable. I wear press ones all the time. I actually have on some now that I've actually had on for three weeks. Um, so they can be adhered with glue or they can be adhered with tabs, but I prefer tabs because I like to switch mine out. And people are like, what, you got nails on with tabs? And I'm like, yes, these are, you know, different. They are not the kind from when we were little anymore. So and just I about be to say, with the tabs, yes. ooh, strong tabs. Yes. Yes, with tabs, and I wash dishes, I cook, I clean, I shower, um, and people are just so amazed. Like, those are press-ons. They
1: look just like regular meals that you would go to the salon and get. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, they're not our tabs no more, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. So where, where would you like to see your, your business grow to in the next year?
3: Oh, well, let me speak on it then, the next year. I do have some amazing things in the works. I can't share all of it, but um, right now we do a lot of wholesale distribution. So definitely getting to other salons. Um, We've actually been working with some partners to get into different hair stores um, to see our products there, especially press-ons because as African-American women, we love going to the hair store, right, (laughs) to get our new uh, beauty products. So really um, figuring out a way to get in some more stores that way. Um, And to do more speaking engagements, right? I'm a licensed nail tech, so I have lots of educational tips on how we should be caring for our nails, for our toes, our feet, um, and just what products we should be using on a daily basis for that regular nail care maintenance. Um, So just being able to have more opportunities to speak as well.
1: I love that. And I'm sure all these things are going to come true for sure. Um, So I always like to ask, what three beauty products can't you live without?
3: Let's see, my top three beauty items would probably be perfume, bubble bath, because I love soaking in the tub, and then anything lip balm
1: related. So lip gloss, lip balm is my go-to. I love that bubble bath, yes. Um, so how can we support you? Where, where do people find you? Your website, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yes, yeah, so you can find us on TikTok, Instagram,
3: and Facebook at Barely Blush Nails um and we also have our own website at barelyblushednails.com uh, for you guys to purchase.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on and and readers, make sure you um pick up a herald in the next coming weeks. She will be featured as well, so make sure you look for that and so we'll have additional information online and in print. Um but thank you so much for joining us and we hope to have you I back
3: Thank you so much.
1: I would love to come back. Yes. All right, John, back to you.
0: Thanks, Morgan. Well, everyone, that's it for today's show. And once again, thanks to Interact for Health for sponsoring today's show. And remember, you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thecincinnatiaherald.com, the SESH newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn and make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the Facebook mobile app, YouTube, and Google Podcasts.
3: I'm John Alexander
0: Reese, and have a good day.